Hello and welcome to episode 97 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. So once you decide who your audience is and who your client is, which is the first step in story brand, I think you'll have a pretty darn good idea of what vocabulary to use. And it may involve you tailoring what your normal mode of vocabulary is because that's where your audience lives. But it's got to resonate with them. Remember, they're the main character you're just the guy. Hello, my name's Ian Anderson Gray. And in this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast, I'm joined by the amazing David Saltzman. We're going to be talking about how to craft powerful stories for your live shows. So I can't wait to get on with this episode. But first, looks like it's time for something completely nutty. <laughs> I want to craft powerful stories for my live shows. I've got David Saltzman on the show today. I want to craft powerful stories for my live shows. David Saltzman, help me please. Help me now. This is the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray, helping entrepreneurs level up their impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. Gain confidence in front of the camera, confidence with technology, and confidence with the content and marketing. Together, we can go live! Hello, welcome to episode 97 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. My name is Ian Anderson Gray, and in today's show, we're going to be talking about how to craft powerful stories for your live shows. Now, the show notes for this episode, when the podcast comes out, will be at iag.me forward slash 97. I always struggle over the forward slash. Let's try it again. iag.me forward slash 97. And if you would like to get involved with one of the live shows, we've got some fabulous people watching live, which I will bring in in a little minute. But if you want to be involved and you don't want to miss out on the next show, then all you need to do is go to confident.live forward slash subscribe and my handy Facebook Messenger bot will kick into action. So as I said, today we're going to be talking about how to craft powerful stories. How do you position yourself well on a live show so that people know who you are what you do and what impact you can make on them. And how do you craft a story that understands your audience's needs and produce a plan for success using a story that resonates with your audience? In this episode, I'm joined by the wonderful David Saltzman, who is, amongst many things, a certified story brand guide. I'm going to have to ask him a little bit more about what that means. But he's also an incredibly nice guy, very funny, and has a wealth of knowledge on many other things, including studio tech, but first, it's time to bring in my first sponsor, who is the wonderful Restream. Restream is the complete multi-streaming suite for entrepreneurs. With Restream, you can stream to multiple platforms at the same time. In fact, they have a plethora of destinations, including LinkedIn Live, if the LinkedIn gods have looked favorably upon you and given you access, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch, Periscope, Mixcloud, and so much more. In fact, there are over 30 different destinations. Now, the cool thing is you can do what I'm doing today and stream from another tool to Restream. So I'm actually using Ecamm Live. And with Ecamm Live, you can actually schedule your broadcasts in Restream ahead of time to Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn, and all the other channels. And then you can, you can actually stream to that from 
Ecamm Live and get all the comments, which is amazing. So that is one way you could do it. The other way is to use Restream Studio. So this allows you to go live from your browser. You can bring up to nine guests on your show. You can see the comments from all those different platforms, highlights, graphics, and all that kind of stuff, and videos, of course, on the screen. It's really cool. So as well as multi-streaming and doing all that kind of stuff, the thing that I re I'm really excited about is the chat, because there's, it's, it's great to be able to broadcast to all those different platforms, but if you can't see the comments, if you can't engage with your audience, there's kind of no point in my mind. But with Restream, you can see all the chat, all the comments from all those different platforms and highlight those on the screen. There's also a scheduler and an analytics part of it as well. So you can see how you're doing on your live shows. So definitely check out Restream. Go to iag.me forward slash Restream. And I thank you Restream for sponsoring this show. <laughs> Well, it's time to bring in David Saltzman. I'm really excited about bringing David onto the show. He's a fabulous person. We had a, a chat, I think, about over a month ago. It might have been two months ago. I don't know the, the way time goes at the moment. But David is the Chief Transformation Strategist and certi Certified Story Brand Guide at Shift Shapers Strategies. He helps his clients find, clarify, and deliver messages and marketing that win clients brush sales goals and build their businesses. He is also the host of the award-winning Shift Shapers podcast, where he interviews industry and business leaders who are shaping the future. David, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Well, thank you, Ian. I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Look forward to the conversation. Always fun. We always have a good time. We, we do. And I was kind of looking over here because I, I did a bit of a failure. I normally like to press the applause button at this point. So we'll do it again. Welcome to the show, David. Oh, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Uh, standing ovation. Oh, wait, they're heading for the exit. Not so soon. <laughs> there we go. Oh, well, never mind. There's, there's always something you forget. But it's great to have you on the show. Now, I've, it would be a miss of me to not bring in some of the comments here. So we've got Mel Bridger here. The wonderful Mel. Hope you're doing well. Mel, how's, how are things going for you? She says she loves the tech but she's happy to listen. So I think that's... Okay. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that. So uh, we will talk about And we've got Katie Simpson saying hi. And we've got Joe from Idea Time Studio saying hi, Ian. And Paul, Paul Couchman. So Paul was uh, involved with a, another live show that I've been helping with this week. It's the Janet Murray's Christmas Market. And, she sa and he says, just out of curiosity, how many different social platforms are you streaming to today? And the answer to that question is actually I've forgotten that there's too many. I think, well, I think from from I think there's definitely Facebook Live, YouTube Live, LinkedIn Live, Periscope, Mixcloud, Twitch, and possibly three others. Because, well, why not? Why not? And uh, Katie says it looks a bit sunnier where David is compared to dark, rainy England right now. But it is uh, it is a little bit earlier on in the day, isn't it, David? I, Whereabouts, uh, whereabouts are you um, and for, for people who are listening to the podcast and just to make things even even more confusing, I am in Exeter, but not the Exeter on your side of the pond, the Exeter on this side of the pond, which is New Hampshire. And right now it's 11.09 a.m. There you go. And it is just after it is 4.09 here in the UK. So but this is what we do. We we juggle we juggle time zones. 
So I have to ask you this, though, because you, you've we, we've we've had uh, quite a few chats uh, over the past couple of months. Wait, when was it? Was it a couple of months ago? We we had a chat when we I think it was Steve Dotto is the guy who introduced us, isn't he? Yeah, we can blame Steve for pretty much everything we want to blame him for for two reasons: one, he usually is, and b, he's not here right now. So yes, and I think you you are described as, as Steve's doppelganger. Doppel, I can never say the word. Can you can you help me here? Doppelganger. Yeah, one of doppelganger. Well, that's Thank how you. I first. That's how I first found him. One of one of my oldest daughters said, "You've got to watch this guy." because he sounds like you and he talks like you and he's an old TV and radio guy like you. And besides which, you both have goofy gray beards, although my hair isn't spiky like Steve's. And I, I dare say I probably have a bit more of it than he does, but enough yeah, well, comparisons. It, it's a good job he's not here. But uh, anyway, thank you for that. Thank you. So just a, a comment from Mel who says, I'm doing well, just bought some LED lights that stick underneath the shelf to light on my desk. Black Friday bargain. They have a remote, so lots of colors. Do you think? Do you, do you think Mel might be getting a little bit uh, excited by the tech? And Katie, fellow musician, Katie is a singer as well as me. Love your guitars and digital piano. And uh, Joe from Idea Time Studio says, "I'd love to learn some tips about storytelling in lives, about technical stuff." Looking forward to the show. So I have to ask you this, David. How did you get into what you're doing today? Oh, it was a long and circuitous route. But <laughs> back about seven and a half years ago, before I started the podcast, um, I have a long history in the insurance business and employee benefits here in the States. And I've had a great career and was doing a stage talk, as I know you do sometimes. There were about a thousand people in the audience. And we were talking about ACA, which some of you may know as Obamacare, and how that was going to change all of their futures. And I talked about an agency in Massachusetts that I knew that had grown 10% year over year, even after Romneycare, which was kind of some people think the precursor to ACA. And people just besieged me for the next three days of the conference, way beyond the normal questions that you get when you come off stage, you know about all of those. And I thought, well, there's got to be a better way to get the word out about loads of people who are taking the chaos and the opportunity in these markets and shifting them into new ways of doing business and new best practices then standing on a stage in front of a thousand people, which at the time I was doing, I don't know, 10, 12 times a year. And I thought, I'll do a podcast. And then my immediate thought after that was, what the hell is a podcast? Because I had never done one. The last time I did radio was back in the 1970s. And it was me and my buddy Marconi and two Quaker Oats boxes and a piece of string. But I had great folks who taught me and have used that and have done voiceover work and all kinds of crazy stuff throughout my career and had a blast learned how to do the podcast, started doing the podcast. And then as we got into this year, I thought, you know what, if I'm going to take a year abroad, thanks to COVID, I might as well learn some things. So I found Luria Petrucci and David Foster at Live Streaming Pros. And I thought, this is really great. I don't know if I'll ever live stream, but I want to make better videos. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've just learned a ton and it's been so rewarding. And so I listened to you and to Steve and to Luria and all those folks. And now I can produce all kinds of crazy stuff right here from my temporary home studio. Well, that is, that is awesome to hear. And I'm going to ask you a little bit more about the whole certified story brand thing in a minute, because, yeah, I'm just really interested to know more about that and how you got into okay. that. But but uh, so Katie, Katie said this, so love your guitars and digital piano. And so we, you do have a musical background, don't you? You've got guitars there, digital pianos. We've got a microphone there. Tell us a little bit more about about your musical background. Yeah, I, I, I started playing an E-flat tenor sax when the sax was bigger than I was and have had music as a part of my life forever, um, gravitated towards piano. And then because it was the 70s and the 80s, I, I taught myself how to play guitar and had a couple of really interesting bands. Um, one that we used to colloquially refer to here as a soul band, 
where we had a lead singer who did the whole James Brown cape over his shoulders, get down on one knee. We had a whole horn section and we opened for Cool and the Gang twice. We played for Natalie Cole when she was at the University of Miami, uh, Massachusetts. Sat, had you know modest success just as a kind of local band. And I gigged around for a long time. And when my oldest was born, I stopped playing regularly, but have done some New Year's Eve gigs. And the National Association of Health Underwriters, where I'm a former president, put together an all-member band a few years ago to play at their gala event. And I have to tell you, it was probably the most fun I've ever had with my clothes on in my entire life. And we did all oldies and all that stuff. And it was just, it was just a blast. So it, it's always been a part of my life. Now I tell people, I'm a recovering musician. When I get the urge to join a band, I call a buddy and we go out for a drink. That is fantastic. Well, thank you for that. So we 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 obviously we we share that in common our, our love of music. We've we've uh, but we also we, I think we have a love of tech as well. So we're going to talk about tech in a, in a little second. Robert Stern is here. I haven't heard from you for ages, Robert. I hope you're doing really well. Lovely to see you here. And he says, I totally agree with this. He says, Hey, 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 Ian. Storytelling is everything. Totally agree with that. And Katie says, oh, we used treacle tins and string. The fabulous Samuel Chaplin is here, who is an amazing musician, absolutely amazing musician. In fact, Sam, you need to come on my show. He's doing amazing things with ECAM. He's a soul man. And um, Katie says, love cool and the gang. So that's fabulous. I can see some more comments coming through, but I have to ask you about your studio. So we, we can see we can see some tech behind us. You've got a, a love of a love of tech as well. So tell us about your studio. What have you currently got in your studio today? And has it always been so? Um, well, no. I started with a with a Blue Yeti and plugging it into a computer seven years ago and didn't know what I didn't know. Although I have a lot of background in radio and tech and still have an FCC license that's current. Although you don't really need those to broadcast anymore. I've just kind of always kept it up. But I'm a gearhead and I love gear. So the first thing that I would tell you is, as my youngest daughter says, the first thing I have in my studio is way too many microphones. I'm building a home, as you know, in, in Tennessee and building a discrete studio in there. And so now I've got a lot of the mics and things packed up already because we'll be moving in a few weeks. And I'm just I'm using a Sennheiser MKH 416, which is a great all around mic. But I, I've gravitated towards a lot of things right now. That mic is going into a Rode Podcaster. And it, it serves my needs for the time being. When the new studio is up, I'll be using an Audient ID44. But, you know, it, it's, it's funny because it's not about the gear. I, I saw Tom Buck um, do a video this morning, and he, was, he went out looking for the cheapest USB microphone he could find. And he found one from a company, a Chinese company called Fifine, I guess is how you pronounce it. And it was 30 bucks. And you know what? You can start a podcast with one of those things without any trouble. But, you know, as I said, I love gear. Um, I'm blessed to be able to have the money to buy stuff. And, you know, for those people who wanted to hear about gear, you and I could talk about gear all day long. But I, I think the, the jumping off point, if you'll allow me, is that the gear really doesn't matter because you can have the best gear in the universe. And if you're not telling a compelling story that brings value to your community, it doesn't matter how good you sound because yeah. nobody's listening because they don't care. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds rude, but it, it's really not any more complicated than that. I think you're right. And I, I think I, I've struggled with this because I have always wanted to go for the best gear. And there was a there was a time, I've mentioned this quite a few times on the show, there was a whole month and a bit where I didn't go live because I wanted to get all the tech sorted. My background wasn't good enough. My camera wasn't good enough. So I didn't go live. And my audience were there kind of like waiting, well, where's Ian gone? And the thing was, I... I, I I was worrying about the wrong thing. It wasn't that that was the most important thing. 
it's it's actually what I was saying. It was actually turning up. Uh, and so I think that that's the most important thing. It's not to say that you shouldn't try and get the best gear, but if we don't get what we're going to talk about today sorted, then you've got bigger problems, I think. So we've, we've just to, just before we get on with that, David, just a, a few more comments from people. So we've got Mel who says, I'd love to do a podcast live stream show about being a mature student. I've gone back into education at the ripe old age of 43 to train to be a teacher. I think that is a really great idea. Now, this is a question for you, David, just before we get onto this from Joe. And uh, I mean, I think we both, we can all agree that David has the most rich, resonant voice. It's fabulous. I can definitely tell you, you do a lot of, you've been doing a lot of voiceover work. And, and, and Joe says, David, you are clearly a voice pro. How do you get a great resonating voice, please? Any tips? Um, good genetics. First of all, <laughs> if I can go back, if I can go back to Mel's question, kudos to you for going back to school at 43. But at 43, I want you to know, I have socks older than you that I still wear. So it's a great accomplishment, but us old guys, you know, age and treachery will always overcome youth and skill. How do you get a great resonant voice? I think you work on the best voice you have. Today, there are loads of voice coaching and acting classes that are online, and they're all available to everybody. Nobody has a voice that's like anyone else's. Everyone's voice print is unique, and that's a good thing. So the best you can do is to try to work on your voice to make it as good as you can. And, and a lot of it, frankly, is just like singing, which Ian will understand, it, it's about breathing and about where you breathe from and about how you breathe and about not taking, you know, my, my friend Mike Delgadio at Booth Junkie talks about not taking slash breaths when you're talking. And it's, it's a question of being aware, I think, of what you do when you're in front of a microphone and good microphone technique. Again, there are a lot of people who think the best thing you can do is get up on a microphone and crowd the bejabbers out of it. And that's not always the best thing, but a lot of it depends on your environment. I get questions all the time because people in some of the communities online know that I'm an audio guy and they'll ask, you know, what's the best mic? You want to use a condenser mic for better environments um, and you want to use a dynamic mic in places that aren't maybe as well treated. And that's just an entry point. So just keep working on it and, and be cognizant of how you sound when you're on mic. The other thing to remember, which those of us who have been doing this for a while understand is we all hear ourselves in real life very differently than we hear ourselves on tape. And frequently you will hear people say, I hate the sound of my voice when I play it back. It doesn't sound like me. Well, no, it doesn't sound like you because when you listen to your voice, you're hearing it from inside your head as well as from outside your head. When other people are listening to it, they're only hearing what the mic captures. So there are microphones that are better for high-pitched female voices. There are microphones that are better for deeper male voices, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of that can be helped out in EQ and in, in post-processing. So just keep working at it. Thank you for that. Yeah, well, we, we could talk about that for, for ages. I, we probably need to get you back on the show to talk about audio and microphones and that kind of thing. But I totally agree with you about the, the, the two things that, that really stuck out from what you were saying were not liking the sound of our own voice. And, and that's because we we don't hear it the way other people hear it. And I think that's really important. And then the other thing is breathing. And I've talked about that a lot on the show, you know, breathing into using a diaphragm, breathing in, not shallowy, actually breathing it in properly. And I think that's really important. Sam says, I love music, but Ian has got me into the tech. Thanks, Sam. So we need we need to get into storytelling. But first of all, what is a certified story brand guy. Well, I've, I've been doing marketing for clients for many, many years. And a couple of years ago, a friend recommended a book called Building a Story Brand. 
It's by a wonderfully nice gentleman named Donald Miller. And I read that book and a number of things fell into place. As good as I thought I was at the craft, a number of things fell into place for me. And all of a sudden, some things that I had been doing that didn't quite drop into the right slots at the right time became crystal clear to me. I thought, well, okay, I'm a smart guy. I've been doing marketing for a long time. I'll just take the book and I'll do this for my own company. And that was a disaster. So I called Don Miller's office down in Nashville, Tennessee. And I said, hey, you know, I'm very intrigued by the book. I found a lot to like in it and a lot that I can use. Do you folks have any advanced courses? And he said, well, actually, yes, we do. We have a certified story brand guide course coming up. And after he explained to me what that was, I said, I'm in. And I spent seven days down in Nashville studying and listening and learning at Don's feet and came back a certified story brand guide. And it's interesting. I have clients who find me who come to me and say, you know, I got the book and I tried this. Here's the brand script, which we'll talk about in a moment, which is the first kind of lodestone that you build. And it's terrible. I don't know what I did wrong. And that's why they need a guide. And so there are three or four, maybe a few more hundred of us internationally right now. They have a directory. We're sorted by areas that we work in and whatnot. Although my 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 area is, is kind of like all over, both in terms of ge- geography. I just finished with a client in Austria, for example. Um, and in terms of industry, I've gone from entertainers to insurance, which is the bulk of my practice, to a, a water management company that I'm working with now. So it, it's that's what a guide is. A guide takes those principles and helps other people apply them in kind of a coaching way. That is great. That's really helpful information. And so that then brings me on to the, my next question, which is, why is storytelling so important when it comes to any of the content that we're creating, but particularly what we're thinking about in today's show, which is live video, but maybe even podcasting as well. And just to pop in a comment here, Robert Stern says, uh, mic drop, hashtag mic drop. David is so right. The tech doesn't matter if the story or content is not good. So maybe that's kind of part of it. It's, it's about making your content good, but it's much more than that, isn't it? I mean, why is it so important? Well, it is. I mean, stories are very important. There's nothing in Don's book, and he'll be the first one to tell you this. There's nothing in story brand that's new. It's 2000 year old story theory. And we've been, man has been telling stories for millennia. And that's how history gets passed down. That's how wisdom gets passed down. I mean, remember that there was a long, long, long time before we had printing presses. And even when the first printing presses came out, printed matter was, was in the hands of just a few people. That's why Gutenberg's press was such a revolution because it, it took the printed matter away from just the, the upper class folks who could afford it and made it more small d democratic. But stories have always been told. The real answer in, in a more psychological sense is based on the work of a guy named Kahneman. And Kahneman's entire, he was a psychologist and his entire life was dedicated to proving that as smart as we think we are, we do, and bear with me, this is a little esoteric, we don't make decisions with the prefrontal cortex. We don't make decisions with the rational part of our brain. We make decisions with that old reptile part of the brain called the amygdala. And if you think that you make decisions rationally, all you've really done is become quite adept, as all of us have over thousands of years, at instantly using your prefrontal cortex to rationalize those decisions. So the story starts with an emotional hook. Think about a novel that you may have read and a novel that you started to read and then put aside after a few pages. What was the difference? 
The difference was that there was something emotional, whether it was the the main character's struggle or the, the quest for knowledge or the problem that they were facing that hooked you on that character and said, I have to know more about this journey, as opposed to stories like textbooks that are dry and boring where you might have just said, well, I'm, I'm going to read the first five pages and this is not for me. I'm not reading this. And I put it down. So that's where story starts. Story starts with a dual component of wanting to be able to have an emotional hook with your listeners. And it doesn't matter what particular format you're in, whether it's books or movies. As a matter of fact, Don says in his classes that his wife won't go to to movies with him anymore because from now on, if we go through the story brain framework a little bit, you will see that in every book and every movie and every TV show that you watch. But it starts with those two hooks. If you have those two hooks, you can get people to listen and to stay listening because you also have a story that resonates with them. And here's the key. It's their story. It isn't your story. So many of us go into this thinking we're the expert, we're going to get online, and we're going to convey some vast array of knowledge. But if you do that, you're just another talking head. You have to bring it to a level where it resonates with your audience. That is really, really really interesting, really helpful not to think about it from our point of view. And this is this is the problem, I think, with with all all aspects of live video, that we always think about it from our point of view, the host, you know, you're trying to get the right tech, because you want to sound great. You is, is we're not thinking about the audience enough. And you've definitely got me really, really interested in, in this and in the importance of storytelling. I'm very, very interested now to to Think about how we can use that or how we can do that practically, how we can actually tell stories on our live video shows. And so that's what I want to ask you just after my next sponsor. I can see that Joe says, thank you, David, and Mel saying, I have that book. So that's awesome. So yeah, it's just time to bring in my next sponsor just before we get onto that. And that is Content 10X. Content 10X are the complete end-to-end content repurposing service Do you want to find more ways to create more content? Well, if you do, then you won't after meeting the team at Content 10X. My friends at Content 10X are a specialist content repurposing agency. They will take that one live stream or blog post, podcast or video and explode it into, yes, I'm going to say the word again, my favorite word, plethora of new platform-specific on-brand content. And if they won't do this for you, if you would like to learn how to do this yourself, you can through their podcast, blog, book, and toolkit. And do check out their new service, LinkedIn TEDx, which is all about creating lots of really valuable content, really leveling things up on LinkedIn. All you need to do is create one piece of video content on LinkedIn every week, whether it is a LinkedIn Live or a pre-recorded video, and then they will take that and turn that into lots of amazing on-brand content on LinkedIn. They're really smart, responsive, and creative. And if you want to take the stress out of content marketing, Content and X are the people you want to go to. And I thank Amy and the team at Content and X for sponsoring the show. You're listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Fabulous. Right. So, David, let's think now more practically how we actually do that when it comes to a live show. So for example, today, and I, I, I think it, in my mind, it seems almost more difficult if you have a guest on like, you know, I've got, uh, you're my guest today. So how can I 
craft a story with you today? How would we, how would I have done it better? <laughs> um, how would I have thought, planned ahead and actually told a story today? Well, um, I think there are a number of things, but we talked about off air. This is not a secret. You know, we all talk before we do these live streams. We talked about off air what journey we wanted to take the audience on, because even with a guest, Ian, it's still not about me. It's about you as a conduit for me being able to bring my story to your guests so that they can do better work in what they're doing. I would suggest to everybody that you kind of dial back if you're already live streaming or if you're already podcasting and you haven't gone through this exercise, give yourself an afternoon and take out a piece of paper and start thinking through who your client, who your, who your listener is. Sorry brand breaks the entire journey down into a few components. And those components are useful, I think, no matter what you're doing, but you have to think through it. The first thing is it starts with a, a client and, and you can use whatever word, a listener, a viewer, um, a downloader, whatever. But there's somebody out there who has a problem and that problem exists on three different levels. The problem exists on a top level it exists on a middle level and a bottom level. And the, the top level is the overt level that somebody might say, hey, I just, I need to add more subscribers. The, the middle level, the internal level, as opposed to the external level, if you will, is if I don't get more subscribers, I can't attract advertisers. If I can't attract advertisers, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. And then there's that philosophical level, which may be the most important place at all, because that hooks back to the emotional hook, which is it just shouldn't be this hard to find a way to get subscribers. So those are the three problems in a live stream case, for example, in a use case that somebody might be dealing with, but they don't know how to do it themselves. If they knew how to do it themselves, they'd already do it. And here's the key piece. They find a guide and the guide only has to do two things. The guide, which would be those of you who are live streaming or those of you who are podcasting or publishing or whatever you're doing and getting your message out, the guide has to evidence empathy and the guide has to evidence authority. The empathy can be as simple as I've been doing this for 15 years and we've, I've done this and this and this. And so I understand your problems and the authority is, and now look, I've got this great show and it's doing all these wonderful things. There's a myriad of ways to do that. So I'll see your plethora and I'll raise you a myriad, but there are, a couple of steps more that, that need to be done. The next thing is that you have to give them as the guide a plan. Now, this sounds more like written content, but it's really not. It applies to anything. What's that plan? The plan is if you listen to my XYZ show, live stream, whatever, if you listen to what we're talking about and you engage with the community, we'll be able to help you solve this problem just the way we've solved it for other people. So listen in, subscribe, click the bell, do all of those things that, that you do. Once the plan is in, set, in, in, in place, then there's the call to action, which is the subscribe, become a subscriber, um, follow us on, you know, pay, help us pay for what we do on Patreon or whatever, whatever your, your model happens to be. Once they do that, as they do that, then what you need to do, and this is perhaps the most challenging is you need to paint that picture of that beautiful mansion on the hill with all the wildflowers in the front and the deer grazing peacefully in the front yard. You need to paint that picture of, boy, if you follow this, this plan, here's where you're going to end up and it's going to be sweet. 
you're going to have more subscribers than you know what to do with. Essentially, that is the story brand seven framework in a nutshell. And you can apply that to anything that you're doing. But I would suggest to you, Ian, and, and, and to the people who are online with us and listening to the podcast later on, if, if you do not do that before you plug in your microphone, you're really doing a disservice to the people that you seek to serve. And I've met a lot of great people who are doing live streams and doing putting out content. And the ones that I respect, the ones that I follow, like you and like Luria Petrucci and David Foster over at Live Streaming Pros and, and like Steve Dotto, they're really more concerned about giving than receiving. And that's the position you need to be in. You need to deliver meaningful content, not just content. You and I could sit here and talk about the, the, the differences between two different microphones for hours. And with the exception of a few people on who are on who said they are gearheads and they really like, you know, like gear, um, we bore the pants off of them because it's not about that. It's about the content. Yeah. If the content is rich, if the content addresses their need, if the content hits that emotional cue in their amygdala, they'll rationalize being part of your group in their prefrontal cortex and you'll have a fan for life. Wow. So many things to think about there. And I, I think you're so right. They, I, I think the hierarchy, I don't know whether you would agree with this in terms of the people involved with your show. If you have a guest, the most important are your audience, without a doubt. The second most important person is your guest. And you're right at the bottom. <laughs> you know, it's the host. And, and I, I, I do, would you agree with that? Do you think that's the right hierarchy? Yeah, I think, you know, to, to quote Lao Tzu a little bit, because you never take credit, credit never leaves you. You're the facilitator. Yeah. If you invite a guest onto your podcast, to me, it's the same as inviting a guest into your home. Yes. I mean, I, I, my podcast right now are just audio, although we're transitioning to doing video after the first of the year, and I've got the new studio set up in, in Tennessee. And one of the things I tell them before we go live is, this only works if you talk way more than I talk. Nobody tunes in to hear me pontificate about stuff. I've got a blog. I've got other ways to do that. I've got content that I publish elsewhere. This is all about you. So they want to learn what you're doing and what your expertise is. But you're absolutely right. But that position at the bottom is great. It, it's fulfilling, at least for me. And I'll bet it is for you as well and, and for other people that you know we socialize with because it allows you to help people. And that's what it's all about. It's about building that community and being helpful. So that that's really helpful. And I would I would just say that I'm a big believer in in doing having guest shows, but also having solo shows. And I, I actually do get uh, quite a few of my audience saying we really we love when you have guests on, but we also love when you have a solo show. And so I think I think it's a good thing to have a mixture. Uh, but again, it depends on what you're trying to do. Now, I think the way you explain that it really excites me because I think suddenly now I. I understand storytelling much, much more because what you're trying to do, I'm at, well, you tell me if I've got this right. You're, you're okay. trying to solve a problem that your audience is struggling with. And you've got that empathy, which I totally agree with you, is a really strong emotion. And you're, but you're showing the audience a picture of what it could be. So they've got this problem, but you're saying it doesn't have to be that way. It can be this way. It, you're struggling. I think the example you had is you're struggling to get viewers on your live shows or subscribers or whatever it is. I, I totally understand. I've been there. That's the empathy side of things. But I can show you, if you stick with me today, I can show you how to get more subscribers. It might not, it might not be overnight, but I can show you how to do that. And so, so first of all, my question to you, have I got that right? Is that the kind of rough idea? Yes. You want to be Yoda, not Luke Skywalker. Yeah. 
That's great. So that's that's the end goal. So do you, should we, when we're planning, because I, I want to kind of get really practical here. If we're if we're planning a show next week on a particular subject, and obviously you need to, we probably need to have a conversation about the subjects that you you choose. But do you start at the end? Do you start with this picture and then work backwards? How how would you go about? actually crafting that story with that end goal in mind. Almost right. You're almost right. I okay, start with defining. No, I, but, but you're close. I mean, you're, you're kind of on the right path because I, the way I process other, other guides do things differently and other copywriters do things differently. I start with defining the client or the listener's problem. And I'd start by defining it into those three buckets, external, internal, and philosophical. Then I imagine what that future could be like. So what the end result was. And, and I, I, I then backfill mentally, I go through the process the way Don describes it, but I backfill mentally to say, okay, if that's the vision that we want to create, if that's the end goal that the listener wants, what are the steps that they need to take in order to get from problem to solution? So you were close, but I, I just start one step earlier. Well, that's good. That's really, really helpful. So I'd love if you're watching live, have you got any any content coming up, whether it's like a live show or a podcast or whatever, or even a blog post that you are looking to create, let me know in the comments, just put down the title of what you think it is. And maybe we can have a discussion, David and I, about how we could construct that story. I don't know if that's okay, David, but um, that, that might be, I think looking at it practically would be really good. So hopefully somebody will do that in the comments. But when, when it comes to a live show, it's 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 almost a little bit more fluid, and particularly because, as you know, I've been I've got we've got a live audience here, and I want to bring in comments as well. And sometimes that can be distracting, you know, bringing in comments. And sometimes you want, obviously, you want to bring in comments that relate to what you're talking about. When it comes to a live show, where it's not, there, there's definitely a structure, and I totally think there needs to be a structure. But there's more improvising and, and more and more fluidity, if that's the right word to use. How would is there anything that we need to kind of bear in mind with the storytelling technique that you've talked about and live video? How do we get those two working together? Well, I think you used exactly the right word, and I'll go back to theater, another passion that you and I share, which is it is more improvisation than it is King Lear. But one needs to remember at all times that that improvisation starts with a premise. Right. If you've ever taken a class, if you've ever done improv, if you read any books about doing improv, and if you haven't, I encourage you to because it'll help your live streaming, especially if you have guests on the show and you're dealing with comments. It always starts with a premise, doesn't it? Uh, you can't you can't just start riffing. I mean, I guess you can, but but all of those good improvisational skits start with some kind of premise. And your premise is going back to your true north, which is. What are these listeners need? What is the problem they're trying to solve? And how can I improv the question they've asked me to into that direction? It's not it's not by any means ignoring anyone's question. And at this point, if somebody asked a question about a mic, we'd probably answer it. But it's about it's about being able to bring that topic back in to the initial client need. And that's why I always start there. And to be honest with you, that's where most stories start. And they start there for a reason. It isn't happenstance. Yeah, that's that's really helpful. And I think, so What one thing that I've tried to do, I think I've got, got better at this, but I still feel this is an area that I struggle with a bit. I'm probably overly self-critical when it comes to this. And this is, the first thing that I do is I, I, I create 
I, I like to call it the blurb, <laughs> which is basically when I when I post it out on YouTube and Facebook, it's the bit that goes on the post for the for the announcement of the live video. And I try and create a story. I suppose it is a story. I, I haven't thought about it that way, but uh, there's a problem that my audience has, and either I or my guest are going to come on and we're going to solve that problem. But I don't think I focus so much on the end goal and this picture of the mansion and the beautiful, I don't know how you described it, but yeah, I really like that. I think that's that's helpful. So my follow-on question from that is, how do we, do you think it, how important is it that we use the vocabulary of our audience in how we craft our stories? And how do we go about using that vocabulary? Because we might use, for example, I might use very flowery words. I mean, I don't, I, this isn't me. I don't tend to, apart from plethora, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I, I, need to, I, need, I need to change my, I need to upgrade my vocabulary. But maybe, for example, my audience doesn't particularly resonate with flowery words. And so I might need to change that. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? And how do, how do we do that research and get, get our, really resonate with our audience using the vocabulary that resonates with them? It's, it's a great question. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's a great question. And I'll try to give you a related answer, not a plethora of answers. The, <laughs> it's a terrific question. And I know I'm going to sound like a broken record, but if you start with who the listener is and what their needs are, you'll know if you have enough confidence to go out and do a live stream and try to impart wisdom to help other folks, once you know who that main character in the story is, you'll understand what vocabulary they use. For example, if I were doing a, God forbid, because I'm terrible with numbers, but if I were doing a, a show about financial things, I'd talk financial stuff. I'd talk all that kind of P&L and balance sheet and all that goofy stuff that, that financial folks talk about. If I were doing a show about securities, I talk about alphas and B1s and, and all kinds of different measurements. And I talk about Ibbotson charts. So once you decide who your audience is and who your client is, which is the first step in story brand, I think you'll have a pretty darn good idea of what vocabulary to use. And it may involve you tailoring what your normal mode of vocabulary is because, you know, that's, that's where your audience lives. But it's got to resonate with them. Remember, they're the main character. You're just the guide. As important as you are, if you come over the top with language that doesn't fit your audience, they're not going to watch you. They're going to say some probably terrible things and click off. So I think it goes back to figuring out in the first place who you're talking to. Yeah. Then I you know. I think that's absolutely vital. I, and the reason I ask that is because I see so many people not doing that, not doing their research and, and, and going over people's heads. And yeah, you've got to have, there's got to be the passion behind it. But if you don't have, the audience don't resonate with what you're saying, you've got a problem. So Mel Bridger has got a couple of couple of ideas that she's got. So she she's does a lot of different things, but she's a fitness instructor and she's got two ideas. So she's got the 12 days of fitness, <laughs> which cute. I like. I like that. That's cute. Oh, that is good. And she's also got free daily mini workouts. So I, I think, Mel, if you could also tell us a little bit more about your audience as well, who are you trying to attract? But maybe while you're doing that, Mel, Let's have a think, David, about how you could how you could construct a story from that. Now, I know you don't know much about Mel at all and her audience, but maybe we could 
have some kind of go at that. Sure. Well, maybe maybe the 12 days of fitness, and I know I love the title. You should trademark it or register it or whatever it is you do so somebody can't swipe it from you. Not that anybody here would do that, but you know, there are folks out there lurking. Exactly. So the so I think, you know, the, the first question is, if I'm doing the 12 days of fitness, what am I targeting it to? Well, people tend to eat more over the holidays. And all of a sudden they wake up January 1st and they're, you know, three or five or 10 pounds or kilos or whatever over the weight they were when they started the holidays. So maybe the maybe what you envision as your main character is somebody who's had this problem, somebody who just present company accepted. Maybe it's somebody who just loves pie and cakes and all the Christmas cookies and all the goodies and all of that kind of stuff and, and the big Christmas dinner and and always says, I'm not going to overeat and then puts on their pants with the stretchy waist and overeats. So that's the kind of scenario, just instead of just saying, we're going to help you stay fit over Christmas, solve a problem for your clients. Think about if somebody's tuning into this, what problem might they have? And then how can we craft a solution that helps them solve that problem? Then you've got them engaged. Because if I listen to, if, if Mel's teaser and her paragraph that she puts out to promote says, hey, do you find that you gain weight every year at the holidays or, or something a little maybe nicer than that? I'm thinking, boy, that's me. I'm at the top of that list. I may not be at the top of many lists, but I'm at the top of that one. I need to listen to this stuff. That's, that's really I, I hope that helped. No, that was really helpful. She she goes on further about, about her audience. So this is quite a big comment, which is, Probably going to obscure the screen. <laughs> ah, so uh, she says, women, mums uh, predominantly that don't have much free time and I'm trying to encourage them to be active during a sedentary time of year. The free workouts are like my lead magnet and I hope to transfer them across to my membership. So that's great that you've got that that sorted. And, and so I suppose it's, would you say it's, it's using language that would resonate with those those moms? Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, I think you take the idea that, that, that she has and the idea that we were just talking about and tailor it using language that, you know, are you, are, are you, you know, the kids aren't in school. Are you busy running after the kids? Are you not taking care of yourself? All, all of those kinds of things. There are definitely words and phrases that resonate with that audience. That's, that then becomes less about the brand script and the story branding and more about the copywriting. And those two have to go hand in hand. In point of fact, I mean, one of the things that I find with some of my consulting clients is in all of the packages that I offer, or even in the customized packages, they all have follow-up appointments during the course of the next 12 to 18 months. And the reason is that people slide back into their old habits. And all I have to remind them is go back to your brand script, go back to your true north, and then copyright. So I think you're onto something, Melvin. If it weren't just for moms, I'd sign up. Fabulous. Yeah, me too, probably. <laughs> so that's that's really helpful stuff. Thank you so much. So is there anything else just before, because we're, we're coming to the end of the show now, is there anything else that we should be thinking about when it comes to storytelling with our live content or podcasting content? Anything else that you think we should be thinking about? Or is basically, have we covered everything there? Well, I think we've covered everything. The thing that I would I would reiterate is to remember that it is not about you. I mean, I use the Yoda analogy, and as, and as point of in point of fact, I have a little teeny tiny Yoda that I keep on my desk to remind me that I'm the guide. I'm not the main character in the story. If you think of yourself as a guide, that puts you in a very service mentality, and service to your community is what it's all about. At least for me, that's what it's all about. Really love that. Thank you so much. Mel agrees. 
She says, thank you. And you're in luck, David. He, uh, she says, I'll create one for men. So there we go. Thank you. Curses! Oiled again! <laughs> you tried. You tried. But, I did. Uh, I, thought I, I thought just when I was about to make a clean getaway. <laughs> yeah, failed miserably. Well, thank I you, know. David. I think I think we could... Oh, I'm dropping things all over the place. We could we could talk about this longer, I'm sure. We could get into tech. And I think, yeah, we're, if, if you would... Uh, be so kind. It'd be fabulous to have you back on the show at some point to to talk about other things because there's there's a lot of stuff that we can talk about more that we could talk about with stories. But I find that really really helpful, and I know that I'm going to be putting into practice a lot of what you've said today. So it's a journey. We're all on a journey, aren't we? And I think one of the you things bet. that I one of the, the stories that I want to tell here. I mean, it's it's that I'm on a journey. I'm I'm not perfect. I'm struggling still with things today. And that's, I think, where empathy comes in, that I want my audience to know that I don't have it all sorted. I'm not perfect, but uh, you can learn learn with me as I, as I go along. That's kind of part of what I want to do in this show. Anyway, how can people find out more about you? And uh, I know that you've got... You've got quite a few different things that services that you offer as well. So tell us a little bit more about what you offer and, and how we can find out more about you. Well, I mean, if, if you have trouble with your messaging and you want to take a stroll through the process and define better all of those elements that we talked about, you can find me at David at ShiftShapersStrategies.com. That's David at ShiftShapersStrategies.com. You can ring me up here in the States at 865 219 3667. I had to look up because it's a brand new number in Tennessee that I've got pasted on the wall here. But I'm more than happy to answer an occasional question. So if you don't if you don't need a big old engagement, but you just have a quick question, email me. I'd love to get back to you. You can also find me all over social media. So have at it. I love helping people. Thank you, David. And you're a very brave man to give me giving out your telephone number live on air, but uh but we're, we're all nice people, so so you've got nothing to fear. <laughs> I'm counting on your audience, to Ian. If, if yeah. they're not, I'm going to blame it on you or Steve, so it's okay. It's, it's, they're all good. They're all, they're all fabulous people. Well, thank you so much, David. It's It's been My awesome pleasure. to speak to you. And thank you so much for, if you've been watching live, thank you so much. And thank you so much if you've been plugging us into your ears, if you've been listening to the podcast. And of course, just to say... Um, do do subscribe. Do subscribe to be notified when we next go live. Because that that's is I love the podcast part of this show. The podcast podcasting is something I'm really passionate about. But I love live sh- live video because of the community, because of the questions and the live feedback that we get. So if you want to be notified next time we go live, it all you need to do is go to confident.live forward slash subscribe. And just to say, if you are watching the live show, this is actually going to be the last show. Well, the last official show of 2020. I'm having a bit of a break, but we will be doing a special Christmas show, a special holiday show, which I'll tell you a little bit more about. So you can find out about that. And also uh, do subscribe to the podcast at iag.me forward slash podcast. iag.me forward slash podcast. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you so much. And until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Be sure to join the community at iag.me where you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. I wanna grab powerful stories for my life.
Schultz. I've got David Saltzman on the show today. I want to crowd powerful stories for my live shows. David Saltzman, help me please. Help me now.